This evening we are looking at the fourth commandment. Simple one, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. But if you notice, this is actually the longest commandment, you know, verses 8 through to 11. You know, 8, 9, 10, 11. Four verses are given for this particular commandment. And it comes in three parts, if you were to say. Okay, verse 8 tells Israel, the nation of Israel, what to do. Verses 9 to 10 specify how they were to do it. And verse 11 explains why they were going to do it. So our study this evening will be, if you were to say, in two sections. First part, we will look at the, the directive of this command was primarily to the nation of Israel. When did he give it and what is the purpose behind giving this? Okay. Then we would look at the relevancy of this command for us today. Should we still observe the Sabbath? Or when is the Sabbath? You know? Is it still on Saturday or has it been converted to Sunday? Or does it even exist since you are under the new covenant and not the old covenant? And how should this command, the fourth command, impact our day-to-day lives? So there are two crucial passages which we must first consider. For they not only precede the fourth commandment, they actually lay the foundation for it, on which the foundation of the commandment is based. Okay? So even before this command, two passages, one in Genesis and one in Exodus 16, we will have to study to get to understand the basis of this particular command. So the first one, you can call it as the Sabbath rest of God in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. This is what it reads. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So if you notice, this is the foundational truth. Just as much as in the Ten Commandments, it's also mentioned as God rested. So this is the foundational truth. So we must understand what does this really mean. Okay, The work of creation was completed on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, God rested. Why? Not because he was tired, but because he had finished the work of creation. And then he blessed this day and also he sanctified this day because this was the day that he rested. So three important principles or truths we must understand from this passage. First of all, that God finished his work of creating the universe. Secondly, God rested on the seventh day because his creation work was finished. And thirdly, God blessed and sanctified the seventh day because on it he rested. Okay, so these are foundational truths. Keep this in mind. God finished the work. He rested because the work was finished. And then this day was sanctified. Now, the important thing to notice here is that no command is made in this particular text. In fact, another seven days not even called as the Sabbath, but the seventh day is differentiated and set apart or made holy or sanctified or different from the other six days of 
creation. So this is the you know, important truth that we must understand from the creation account of the rest that God had, which he wanted then further on, which was instituted as the Sabbath. Okay. So if you notice, all the commands later on concerning the Sabbath it derives its truth and principle from this primary aspect of finishing the task, taking the rest, and sanctifying or setting apart that particular day. Now, the second understanding or the second uh, passage is about the Sabbath rest of Israel regarding to the gathering of the manna. You know, Exodus chapter 16, which is coming before the commandments were given. Okay, And this is the passage where the word Sabbath first occurs. Exodus chapter 16, verses 22 to 30. This is what it reads. Now, it came about on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning as Moses had ordered and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. And it came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So they rested on the seventh day. So if you notice here, you have a couple of important uh, uh, truths. First of all, this is the first occurrence of the term Sabbath in the Bible. Secondly, this is the first time in the Bible that the Israelites are commanded to observe a Sabbath practice. Okay. And the specific practice was to rest from the work of gathering manna. Okay? And the third important truth is that manna was not to be gathered on the seventh day because it was a Sabbath to the Lord. It was a Sabbath to the Lord. So in this context, we see that it was primarily a Sabbath to the Lord and then secondarily a Sabbath for the Israelites, okay, and God did two things to differentiate this particular day. What are the things that He did? Number one, God caused manna not to fall on the Sabbath, and number two, God kept the double portion of manna gathered on the sixth day from rotting. So, what is this principle that we learn from here? It is the gift of one day off, okay, in order to be a blessing. Secondly, also, this is where the seven-day week has also been instituted. We may assume that, you know, or we might think that the seven-day week was always there. But research has shown that the Egyptians followed a 10-day week. So here, God was recording Israel's conception of time, that it is going to be seven days. So in the light of these two passages, which are foundational passages, then we would be able to understand the commandment that is given 
in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, which says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now do you know that the Hebrew word Sabbath actually means rest? It actually means rest. It refers to seizing from labor. Seizing from labor. Now, this word meaning of Sabbath, to seize from labor. If you notice, there are actually six Sabbaths you know, in the scriptures when you're speaking about seizing from labor. Not just one you know, Saturday you know, to say it's a Sabbath. If the Sabbath meaning is uh, to seize from labor, there are actually at least six different types of Sabbaths you know, that is there in the Old Testament. Just to give you an understanding of that, first of all, we can call it as the initial Sabbath, you know, when the Lord rested on the seventh day. Okay, That is, you can call it as the initial Sabbath. There's the second one, you can call it as the temporal Sabbath, where you find in Exodus chapter 31, Verse 16, the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. Okay, The Israelites are supposed to observe the Sabbath, not the Christians. You know, This is an old covenant. The Israelites are supposed to be observing the Sabbath. In other words, it's a temporal thing, temporal for the Old Testament time. New Testament times, there's no reference that we have to observe the Sabbath in the connotation of what the Old Testament specifies. Thirdly, there was also the festival Sabbath. In, Luke's, in Leviticus chapter 23, verses you know, 24 and 25, this is what it reads. Leviticus 23, 24 and 25, say to the Israelites on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of rest, okay? First day of the seventh month, you have to have a day of rest, okay? Notice something here, you know? It has to be observed on the first day, okay? That means the Sabbath day, the day of rest, could fall on a Monday or a Tuesday or any other day of the week, okay? So the understanding is it's a day of rest, the first you know, day of the seventh month. Fourthly, there was also what is called as the agricultural Sabbath. In Leviticus chapter 25, you find God commanded the children of Israel that they were to work the land for six years. And on the seventh year, the land was to have a Sabbath rest. Okay, A Sabbath rest. So that's an agricultural Sabbath. Also, there will be a millennial Sabbath where Israelites will once again during the period of the millennial, millennium, restore the Sabbath. But there's also an eternal Sabbath. Eternal Sabbath. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. What is the Sabbath rest? This is the finished work of Christ. You know, once Christ has finished the work, we are resting in that. Okay. So, 
I hope, you know, when you're thinking about remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, you know, that you have, at least this much has been understood that when you're thinking about the Sabbath, it's not just one Saturday, you know, it's not just the Saturday, so you must have Saturday as the Sabbath. No, the primary meaning of the Sabbath is a day of rest, okay, and this is how it has been derived, okay. So, when you're looking at the Old Testament or when you're looking at the children of Israel, there were six features of the Sabbath that was you know, uh, important to them. Six features of the Sabbath. Number one, <clears throat> this commandment looks back for its basis. Remember, okay? Remember, look back. God rested on the seventh day, and then when it came to the manna in the wilderness, you know, they had to make sure they rested on that seventh day. So there's a reminder to the children of Israel, okay? for why this Sabbath day to keep it holy was instituted. It was looking back for the basis of this truth. Secondly, the fourth commandment is not just a requirement to keep the Sabbath, remember, but it is to keep the Sabbath holy. Okay, It's not a question of, okay, remember to keep the Sabbath now. So every Saturday you have to keep the Sabbath. No, the emphasis in that commandment is to keep the Sabbath holy. Thirdly, the fourth commandment instructs each Israelite to plan and to finish his week's work by the Sabbath. The reason why men do not wish to stop what they are doing is most often they have not finished the task. If you notice, even in today's world, they will say, okay, and I can do things on Sunday. Now, during the week, I don't have time, so I will do it on Sunday. But the principle over here is plan to finish what is scheduled for the week, okay? Now, six days you have worked, you know, so the day of rest becomes on the seventh day. Fourthly, the commandment here is broadened from the command that was given to in Exodus chapter 16. In 16, it was the command was do not pick up the manna. That was all that, okay? But in this particular thing, it is expanded even further to say no work you should be doing. Remember, this is all for the Israelites. Fifthly, the commandment is not given in isolation, but it is given in relationship or together with the other commandments. What are the other commandments that have gone on before? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. Okay. So, this is all about worship. So, when we are saying or when it was given to the children of Israel to say, six days you work, one day is a day for set apart. It is one day by doing that, what you're really showing is, God, you have given me this day. You have given me this life. I want to worship you. I want to set apart this day for your worship. And sixthly, the commandment in verse 11, we are reminded that the Lord is the one who made the heavens and the earth. Again, in the context of the previous commandments, you know, God is the creator. He is the owner. And as a result, you cannot say, this is my day, I will do what I want with it. But recognizing God, if you are the creator, I want to definitely set apart one day of the week for your worship. Okay? So, we are wrong to worship God by making imitation gods. We are right in imitating God in his response to have finished his creation. God is saying, don't make idols, but follow me in the practice that I have started off. God is worshipped as we imitate his actions and character and not 
as we serve the things that he has created. So that's the link between the fourth commandment and the previous commandments of worshipping the one true God. Now, thirdly, let's look at the importance of the Sabbath to the Israelites. At the end of all these uh, instructions that were given by Moses to the children of Israel, before the tablets were given, if you notice Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 to 18, is again this commandment is re-emphasized. Okay? And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. And when he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two uh, tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. So this Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy, was very important to the children of Israel because it is reiterated just before the commandments or the two tablets of stone are given. So several dimensions of the Sabbath can be understood from here. Number one, this passage refers to the Sabbaths as my Sabbaths, my Sabbaths. The Sabbaths which Israel are to observe belong to the Lord, okay? They are my Sabbaths, the Lord says. Number two, the observance of the Sabbath is extended in time so that it becomes a permanent one for whom, it says throughout your generations, for the children of Israel, okay? It is not just for this time, he says, as long as you're an Israelite, as long as you're a Jew, because you are my people, this is extended for all time. Number three, the observance of the Sabbath is declared to be a sign of the Mosaic covenant between God and his chosen people. He says this is restricted to the Israelites because it says it is a sign between me and you. It is holy to you. So this observance of the Sabbath you know, was a sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. The covenant that the Mosaic covenant over here when it speaks about giving the commandments. Okay, you know. So fourthly, of obeying this commandment is also emphatically stressed. Why? Because if a person breaks the observance, you know, which is a sign of the covenant, okay, it is like saying, you know, that you are breaking the whole law, okay. This is a sign of the covenant, you know, you break this, you are breaking the law. That is why the urgency of obedience is mentioned. You shall surely observe my Sabbaths in plural. Fifthly, the Sabbath is said to be profaned by any who work on this sacred day. 
this day was set apart to be holy, was set apart to be holy. So that which is holy, if it is set apart, it means it has a distinct purpose. It must be put to different use. It must not be like any of the other days. Okay, And that was a declaration for the children of Israel. And sixthly, the purpose of Israel's Sabbath observance was to teach them about sanctification. Sanctification. Verse 13 tells us, so that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So when they were willing to set apart this day as a separate day for God, they were showing that they were part of the covenant. They were also showing that they meant business in their worship of God. They were also showing that they wanted to live holy lives according to the law. Now, this is the understanding in the Old Testament aspect of what the Sabbath is all about, the purpose behind it. Now, let's look at the transition of the Sabbath, you know, to the first day of the week, to the first day of the week. Now, remember, we have mentioned so far the Hebrew word for Sabbath does not mean Saturday, okay, or seventh day, you know, it means rest, you know, it means rest. So, if the institution of the Sabbath, one day of rest, one day of worship, one day of you know, remembrance you know, of the Creator, this was made for man, okay, then we must be careful that we don't make it into a legalistic ritual performed on one specific day performed on one specific day. Remember in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 27, it says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Okay, So the, the basic idea is that the seventh day of rest was initiated by God for our benefit, for our benefit. It was made for man. So, when you're speaking about the days of creation, seven days, okay, and Jesus and the Lord resting on the seventh day, now in the New Testament times, we find that when God completed his work, if you were to say, of recreation, of redemption, okay, and then on the seventh day, you know, or the first day of the week, in that sense for us, he rested then that is where today we will emphasize you know, the importance of the first day. Remember, the principle is the same. Creation, six days of creation, seven day rest. Here, when you're thinking about the first day of the week, why is called as the Lord's Day, the emphasis is Jesus, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday morning, he rose from the dead, finished the task, okay? So since it was accomplished, remember it's at the end of accomplishing comes. So this is why then Sunday becomes the first day of the week for which, you know, as Christians today, we observe, you know, that set-apart day, okay? Now, we don't have to call it as the Christian Sabbath or anything. It is called as the Lord's Day because just as God rested from his labor on the last day of the week, so Christ rested from all his labor after finishing the work of redemption. So, there has been now a transformation of the Sabbath. Remember, you said that was for the Israelites. It's specifically mentioned in the Old Testament that this Sabbath is for the 
Israelites, the covenant that he had with them. We don't come under Israelites, so we don't have to have that ritualistic Sabbath. If a person today says we must keep the Sabbath also on the Saturday, then what we are also saying is we must keep the other ritualistic laws of the Old Testament also, which is not true, isn't it? There has now been a change over from what was in the old into the new. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 16, this is what it reads. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. You know, this is what Paul is writing to the Colossian church. And he says in verse 17, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So the Apostle Paul is saying that the Sabbath was a shadow announcing the arrival of Jesus. So when the reality comes, you don't cling on to the shadow anymore, isn't it? You know? For example, you know, if one of you know, your loved ones have gone out for a few days, maybe went for a visit somewhere else, you know, and when the person returns and you go out to meet that person, and that person is standing out, you know, you know, the sun is shining, and as a result, there's a shadow you know, of that person falling you know, on the road. Now, what would you do? Would you go and hug the shadow of that individual and say, how much I missed you? Or would you hug the individual himself or herself? You know? When the reality has come, you don't hug the shadow, isn't it? And this is what you know, the New Testament understanding is of observing the Sabbath. The Sabbath was the shadow of the old. You know? Now when the new has come, Jesus himself has you know, died and risen again from the dead. The reality has come in. So then we observe the first day of the week. So let's look at the rationale for the transition. The rationale for transition. Number one, Jesus rose again from the dead on the first day of the week. That's the reason why we have the emphasis of, you know, the first day of the week. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 9 says, Now when Jesus was raised early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Okay? And also in uh, John chapter 20, 19 and 20 to 21, it says, Then on the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. So by rising again from the dead on the first day, and also meeting with them on the first day, okay? And also, if you notice in, in John chapter 20, verses 26 to 29, it says, after eight days, okay? In other words, you know, after one week, again on the first day of the next week, when the disciples were together. So they were meeting together, and then Thomas is also with them, and the Lord comes and meets up and tells Thomas, you know, 
see here is my hand, you know, put your hand, and he believes. So the reason why, as Christians, we don't you know, observe the Sabbath on the Saturday, but we observe it as the Lord's Day on the first day of the week, keeping the same original principles in mind is primarily because Jesus rose again from the dead on the first day of the week. Secondly, also, the early church assembled for worship on the first day of the week. The early church assembled for worship on the first day of the week. Now you may say, hey, in the book of Acts, you find the, the early church and other apostles going to the in a synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, they did not go to the synagogue on the Sabbath for worship in that sense, but they primarily went to meet with the people to share with them who Jesus was. And that was the discussion they used to have in the outer courtyard. But when it came to worship, it was definitely on the first day of the week. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2, when an offering was to be taken for the suffering saints in Jerusalem, this is what Paul writes, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, so that there will be no gatherings when I come. First day was set apart for worship. First day was set apart to offer the offerings as well. Also in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 it says, Upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them. Okay? So today for us living in New Testament times, you know, the Lord's day you know, becomes the keeping of the one day. One day as a day of rest, you know, as a special holy day day okay now we are not saying you know that look here old testament is done away with so as a result today we don't have to keep the sabbath remember when we are doing these 10 commandments we are looking at how to apply this so we have learned so far the principle behind the commandment okay and then we have also seen how it has transitioned to the first day of the week now we will look at how should we observe the lord's day today Okay, how should we observe the Lord's day today? <laughs> okay, in other words, how can we keep this as a holy day? How can we keep this as a set apart day? Okay, set apart day. Couple of important things that we can learn. Remember, when you're speaking about the word holy, it means set apart. So, one day of the week, Sunday preferably, you know, if it is not possible, it's another day. We will look at that. But one day of the week is supposed to be set apart as a different day from the other days, you know, set apart for God. Okay, so let's look at how do we observe it today. Number one, Sunday is a day of rest. Sunday is a day of rest. God rested on the Sabbath day. Okay, remember we said when we say a day of rest, it doesn't mean that God was tired so he rested. No, what does it mean? It means he finished the work for the week. Okay, that is why he rested. So if we apply that today, we must be you know, individuals who are willing to say, look here, the days, the week schedule I finished on Saturday. Okay, I'm not keeping work for the day that is supposed to be my rest. Okay, one day of the week, you know, I make sure that it's a day of rest. Now, how do I make sure? By making sure that I finish the task 
for the week. Now, why is this important? Rest is essential for mankind. Rest is essential for mankind. And tests have proven that a man can accomplish more by working six days a week and resting one than by working seven days a week without any rest. Okay. So this is the principle, you know, the day of rest, a day that is different. Okay. A day that we must make sure that we have finished the tasks for the week by Saturday itself so that one day can be set apart for uh, for rest. Now, now, thirdly, it also means that necessary work is permissible. It doesn't mean that when you say a day of rest, you sleep the whole day. Okay? It doesn't mean that you don't do any work and sit idle. No, no, necessary work is permissible. Because if you notice when Jesus was here, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, we read of Jesus performing a miraculous healing on the Sabbath day, you know, basically saying, look, your good can be definitely done. So even today, you know, there are things that we need to do, the good things, the work that needs to be done. Sick people need to be you know, taken care of. So medical doctors may be working on a Sunday, you know, and society also would need different, different other jobs that need to be done. So if you're involved in that particular type of a work environment, some necessary work, you know, and I may have to be done on a Sunday or, you know, if you're not, that is not a regular source of income, but you have to, you know, do some visits, do some particular job, you know, that is definitely permissible. But if you are in a work environment in which <coughs> you have to work on a Sunday, then the principle that you will pick up from here is make sure that you have one other day which is the day of rest. Okay, so observing the Lord's day, number one is identifying the importance for a day of rest. Don't slog it out seven days in the week, okay? 24-7, you are constantly at work. You will have a breakdown. God knows that. God is concerned about our body. So that is why he set apart one day as a day of rest. Secondly, it is also a day of worship. It is also a day of worship. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Luke's gospel chapter 4 and verse 16 speaks about Jesus and a going to the synagogue as was his custom, okay? So, when Jesus was living in the Old Testament time period, Saturday was the Sabbath, Saturday was the time they went to the synagogue. So, Jesus made sure that that was his habit, okay? So, if you have Sunday as an off, okay, make sure it's a day of rest, but it's also a day of worship. Now, there may be places in, a, in the world where, you know, Sunday is not enough and the church meets on some other day of the week. Okay, fine. It's the same principle. Remember, let's not get, you know, picky, if you were to say, and uh, now are these legalistic aspects, you know, but you must remember the principle behind it. It must be a day of rest. It also must be a day of worship. <coughs> and thirdly, it's a day of doing good, a day of doing good. Mark's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 11 speaks about, he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there who had a withered hand and they watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Did Jesus stop healing because you know, it was a Sabbath? No, good was definitely going to be done. So look for ways and means, you know, on that one day of the week where you can rest, 
where you can worship and where you can give yourself in service to others. Something different from what you're doing the rest of the week, slogging it out. You know? Because this will be good, not only for your body, not only for your mind, but also your spirit. So when it comes to you know, thinking about what is right and wrong on the Lord's Day, the bottom line, I would say, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So you need to ask the question, will doing this particular activity on the Lord's Day glorify God? Or will it hinder or help my testimony? Okay. And if you can honestly answer that question and act accordingly, then you will be on the right track. Let me close with some applications of this commandment for us today. Number one, strive for a proper balance of worship, work, and rest in your life. Remember, the Sabbath principle goes back to creation, and God has given us this one day in the week as a day of worship and rest. Ask yourself, evaluate yourself even right now, okay? Now, you may say we have the work-from-home schedule, so it's a seven-day week. No, work to set apart one day. How are you going to balance your time that day for worship, for work, and for rest? Secondly, set aside each week in our time for public worship, for public worship. Once again, Sunday is a normal day for this, but if you have to work on Sundays for some reason, find another day and stick to that. Don't say, I cannot do it this week, so I will do it next week. No, during the week, set apart one day specifically for worship. Thirdly, reflect on the purposes given in Scripture for the fourth commandment. What is the purpose? Let me just refresh your memory. It's a time of rest and refreshment. It's a sign of belonging to God. It's a special day for public worship. It's a way to show your trust in God's provision. Manna principle, you know, don't gather on, the, uh, uh, on that day. And a reminder of God's redemption in Christ. These are the principles you know, or the purposes that are given in Scripture for the fourth commandment. So ask yourself, you know, the day that you have set apart, are you fulfilling these purposes? Is it a time of refreshment and rest? Is it a sign that you are set apart this day because you know that God has done so much for you, so you are setting apart this day because you belong to Him? Is it a special day set apart for public worship? You know, is it a way to show your trust in God's provision? And all definitely a reminder that God has redeemed you on the first day of the week. The early church, when they met together, the constant emphasis was Christ is risen, He is risen indeed a declaration that we are serving a living, risen Savior. Fourthly, seek and follow the leading of God's Spirit concerning work and other activities on Sunday. You know, you know, these are things that you need to address yourself. Should you take up a job that requires you to work on a Sunday? Or should you do your homework on a Sunday? Is it okay to do other work on a Sunday? Is it okay to watch a match, you know? or spend your time watching some movies on a Sunday, okay? Don't automatically say yes or no for this, okay? Spend time and on the basis of the principles that we have learned this evening. What decisions or what changes would you make for this one day of the week? Fifthly, avoid the opposite extremes of either business as usual 
or legalistic observance. What do you mean by that? Business as usual, whatever you have been doing during the week, you are also doing on you know, Sunday. No, avoid that. Also, legalistic observance, we say, oh, I must you know, observe this only on this particular day and this is what I have to do. That is making it into a ritual. Okay, Don't make Sunday as the same day as the rest of the week. And also, don't add legalistic rules that distort God's original purpose for that day. And sixthly, <laughs> follow the convictions of your conscience without judging others. This is a decision you need to make. Now, you may have decided this is what I'm going to do on this you know, and a first day of the week, on a Sunday, a set-apart day. Now, you may see others not doing that. Don't sit and judge them and say, hey, they are not following God's word. Okay, You make your convictions and stand by that. Because if you honor God, God will definitely honor you. So remember, the Sabbath is both a gift as well as a command. It's a gift as well as a command. It's a gift that God has given to us to say, hey, if you said about one day, you know, your life will be better. Physical, spiritual, mental. It's a gift that he has given to you. But it's also a command that God gives. Remember, remember to keep it holy. Remember the focus is not keeping it. The focus is on keeping it holy. So my prayer is that this evening, you know, this would have helped you to understand some of the uh, truths behind this and that you will work on how to apply these principles so that one day will be different. One day will be a, a rested day, not only in your body, but also in your mind and spirit. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.